Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily. Eric, it is, it's been a while since, well, since I've said those words, and I think it's been a while since I've said those words, and you were on the other end of this. So uh, we're back, we're alive, and it's almost football season. SEC Media Day wrapping up today. Kentucky took the podium on Wednesday in Atlanta, and uh, football is right around the corner. It is, yeah. Uh, always, when I was a sports writer, one of my favorite events of the year, uh, just because baseball, uh, at least at the college level for UK, had typically been over for since the end of May. So you kind of had your brief period, maybe some basketball things here and there in the summer, uh, maybe some football recruiting camps if you were into those kind of things. But this was the, the sign that football is right around the corner because I think you're looking at what, Sean, less than two weeks from now, UK is going to open up fall camp. So it was always that kind of marker that it was almost back. Personally, I did not like it in Atlanta. I don't know how it was this year. I'm sure it was much the same. It was in the same location. Um, but like you said, we're recording this around lunchtime on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, Stoops went yesterday, and they're wrapping it up today. And then tomorrow, I think we'll have the predicted order finished, which we'll chime in on. But uh, last summer, we had done the position previews. And as a way to kind of tie in some, I think, probably some of the big themes from yesterday – we decided to start with the wide receivers. Yeah, and uh, that, that was a talking point yesterday. And uh, when you when you got a quarterback like Will Levis coming back and he's getting all this hype when it comes to being a first-round draft pick, is he a number one overall draft pick? Where, where does he rank when it comes to quarterbacks in college football? Well, he, he doesn't really get to uh, flash all that potential, Derek, unless they're guys that can catch the football and make plays for him. And uh, it looks like Kentucky's room overall. I know we've talked about this going going all the way back to the winter and the spring, but uh, Dane Key had the the performance there in the spring game, and we got to see uh, Tavion Robinson and you know Demarcus Harris and all these guys. So we're going to dive into that room today and and just talk some big picture things. Uh, Mark Stoops did have some comments on some of those guys. I know the players also had comments, so we're going to dive into all that as well. Yeah, and let's throw tight ends here too, um, just because I think they're going to be a big big part this year with rich scandarello still here here now i think they'll still do a lot of those kind of the same concepts um, that we saw last year i think the tight ends will be heavily featured with kentucky but starting just with the pure wide receivers i felt like obviously the i think ryan lemon on ksr i didn't listen to this but i did see it on the internet had had said that the the, the starting wide receivers right now kentucky is typically going to have a three wide receiver look like on a depth chart this fall, when you're when you're looking at the wide receivers that are going to be listed, I assume there's going to be three guys. And for now, Ryan said the starters are Tavion Robinson. Surprising to no one. I think he's pretty clearly UK's number one wide receiver. Uh, Chris Lewis, uh, a favorite of mine from the 2021 class, who uh, had a bit of a tough impression, I would say, in the spring game because he dropped a touchdown pass that he should have caught. Uh, didn't really do too much else. So I think, you know, Maybe I wouldn't say the hype were off on him at all. I mean, he's not really proven anything on the field, but he's a guy who sounds like as of now is going to start. And then Dan Key, who you mentioned his spring game performance, probably the the, the biggest revelation, I guess you would say, um, from that game because we'd heard a lot of good things about him during spring practice. So Will Levis yesterday confirmed that, uh, said that Dan is a starter right now. He's going to have to continue to earn that job uh, during the fall. But, Sean, whenever you hear that a true freshman who enrolled uh, just in January, but a, a blue chip recruit 
highly rated guy. Do you think that's a good thing for Kentucky that Dane's uh, earned a starting role, it sounds like, already? Well, I think from what we saw in the spring game, I think we knew that the potential was there, right? And we were kind of just hoping, I guess, if you're following the program, that that wasn't just a performance just from the spring. Then you're obviously seeing that continue through summer workouts and and things like that. So I, I'm looking at it – I'm choosing to look at it as a good thing because just of the, the caliber of talent that he was coming in, I think it's encouraging to see that that he's come in and kind of – taken over a role and you got your your quarterback who is believed to be one of the best in college football going into the season claiming that he's a starter and saying that he's got to continue to earn it and stuff it puts a lot of pressure on Dane but the big thing for me Derek is when it comes to that position room like last year you had Wondell Robinson you got the one season with him you're getting a short stint here with Tavion Robinson they need guys that can come in, make an impact immediately, and then climb into that star level status after multiple years of college football. And I think that if that can be Dane this year and he makes those strides as a freshman, as a true freshman, I think it just sets your room up moving forward throughout not just this year, but next year and beyond. If you continue just to build that talent, if they have to play early, that's great, but Kentucky's at a point now where it feels like a lot of these positions that not only do they just need guys to play early, but some of them deserve to play early, and it sounds like the case with Dane. Yeah, really well said. I think I'm with you. Like, he was a guy that – I think the most obvious thing with him, like even the most football novice people will look, and Dane's biggest thing is probably how thin he is. Will yeah. he be able to get off press coverage whenever they get into the SEC? I, I think he'll certainly have his struggles at certain areas. But I also think he's going to be the kind of guy that makes a few plays this year where you realize just how special he can be. And I, I think my hope, and we'll get into some of these other guys, I think my hope is that – because I'm viewing Tavion Robinson. The way I'm looking at this, Sean, is if Will Levis has the kind of season and Kentucky has the kind of season we all think it can have and enjoys, I think Tavion Robinson is going to be a one and done. I think he's going yeah. to show enough. This is going to be his fourth year of college. He was an all-ACC third-team guy last year, I think, on uh, special teams. I think he's going to get a pretty high volume. My guess is he shows enough in this offense to be a, a guy who can go to the NFL after this season. Uh, if he wants to come back for another year, great, but I, I'm not really going to anticipate that. So the way I'm trying to look at this is does Dane or even Chris Lewis, if those are the two other starters, do they show enough this year to feel like you have a true wide receiver number one? Or could it be somebody else? Uh, Demarcus Harris is still there. I don't view him as a guy who will likely play his role into, you know, the best wide receiver potentially in the 2023 team. Uh, but he's a good depth piece this year. But then you get some other guys uh, in this freshman class, both red shirts and uh, true freshmen. And I think that the name that everyone's going to probably think of when they think about Dane, uh, who else it could be, I think it's got to be Barry on Brown. And uh, Mark yeah. Stoops really did – nothing to slow down any type of hype that might come from Barry on uh, reading from Adam Luckett here on Twitter from what Stoops said yesterday. He said, uh, this is from Stoops. Barry on has all the tools, super excited about him was talking with Will on the plane, coming down here, discussing a little bit. Will mentioned it right away. How special Barry on is with the ball in his hands. He can do some special things, has a lot of juice. So, you know, Barry on was a blue chipper. He's a top 100 guy, one of the highest rated wide receivers, Kentucky has signed. I mean, if you're going off the, the rankings this past year, I mean, he's, you know, well over 100 spots ranked higher than, than Dane Key is. Big difference. Dane played wide receiver basically his whole high school career. Barry on has not. He played small cat QB. And the bigger thing for, for the immediate impact is that Dane was here in the spring. And Barry yep. on just got here in uh, June or July. But 
man, Barion strikes me as the kind of guy that you've got to find a way to get him in the offense. Like you've got to, he might not be able to master the playbook here in the next month, but uh, just the raw ability, who else in the room can match that? Well, and, and when you look at the room overall too, and I mean, they're, I'm sure that they're concerned with some of the inexperience there. I mean, you're talking about yeah, two you have young to be. pieces, and, and rightfully so, you have to be. But, you know, Stoops also called Dane yesterday. He said he was a special player and a, an impact player. So he didn't shy away from those things. And you pay attention when you get to, to this point in the summer, and obviously it will change when you get into fall camp. Maybe some of these names that they're mentioning, or it's kind of names that they're hopeful about. But when you get into fall camp, we know there's going to be that guy that surprises and comes out of nowhere and, and they start talking about after two or three or four practices, and then there's going to be the guy that they're talking about at the beginning that probably they don't talk about as much at the end, and it shifts a little bit. But I was paying attention to the names that he said. But to me, the biggest thing, the, the reason I'm not as worried about the inexperience this year, I would have been more worried about it last year if you were breaking in a brand-new quarterback in Will Levis. But now that you've got a guy who's been in the system, he's done it, he had success a year ago, he made significant strides, there's a lot of hype there it feels like the more pressure is on Levis than it is on the receivers to me. And I, I think that that's going to allow these guys to, to step up and make some plays uh, when you got a capable quarterback that is, that has proven himself a year ago. I think that takes pressure off of them and puts the pressure on the guy under center. A couple more wide receivers uh, to note to Kel Crowdis, uh, red shirt last year. He was a guy that in fall camp prior to getting injured and missing the whole season, he was talked about a lot. He was someone Liam Cohen uh, was a fan of. I think he certainly would have played a role last year. I'm a little curious to see what happens with the Kel because last year he kind of fit that need of a, of a just pure speed threat that they didn't really have. Now they've brought Barry on in uh, Jordan Anthony, another four-star wide receiver is just pure speed. Um, you know, one of the fastest track runners in the country for his age. And then Brandon White, not really a guy that I expect to do much this year, but he, He's another guy, though, that's just when you're talking about adding speed to the room, that was that was the reason he was brought in. Small, uh, but could fly. But DeKell was a, a four-star recruit in his own right, pretty big recruiting one for Kentucky, and he's been here for a year. So I'll be curious to see what he can do. Uh, Tay-Tay Crooms is another name, hasn't really done much in his time on campus. Uh, I wouldn't really expect that to change too much this year. I think that's it on the receivers, right, Sean? I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. Um but to tie this in uh, with when we talk about the pure wide receivers and, and we are talking about the inexperience and if Dan Key is a, a number two or three option at wide receiver, I think it's important to remember how deep Kentucky's tight end room is this year and how often they're going to be involved in the passing game. You could have plays where Tavion Robinson's your clear number one um, go-to guy, but you're also going to have plenty of sets for I think Isaiah Cummings. He's such a flexible guy. You can do so much with him. I think there's going to be a lot of plays where you see two tight ends where Cummings is out there uh, as a possible option to, to run some routes and catch the ball. Plus you'll have tight ends like Brendan Bates, Jordan Dingle and Keaton Upshaw back. So I think whenever you, you look at this, if you combine both the wide receivers and the tight ends, I don't really think they're hurting for options. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. No, I don't think so either. And to me, getting Upshaw back is a significant step in the right direction. I know going into last year, and it was SEC Media Day, I believe, when we got the news that he was was out for the year, right? So uh, I guess good news to this point is they didn't drop anything, you know, crazy yesterday that that would have shifted. Obviously, we'll get into the Chris Rodriguez situation, but Stoops didn't offer a ton on that. But uh, when it comes to the tight ends and Upshaw, if you remember, he was my impact player going into the year last year when we were doing those position previews in June and early July. And it was because I thought of his impact in the red zone and maybe on third down uh, being that big target, especially, like I said, when you get into the goal line and get inside the red zone, I think that's going to take a ton of pressure off of Will Levis and these receivers as well. So I like the overall group from wide receivers to tight ends. I think that they have plenty of options. Uh, we expect them to have a good running game again. We know that they have plenty of options and plenty of weapons there, even if uh, Rodriguez does miss some time. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an offense that's exciting. I think they're going to be able to make some plays, and I think they're going to be able to spread it around more than what they did a year ago. And, and honestly, they, they have to. Yeah, and you know, I don't think of uh, Chris Rodriguez as a a great receiving threat, but. I'm thinking just off the top of my head, he might have had even more, but I know he caught at least three touchdown passes last year. Caught one in the bowl game against Iowa on the opening drive, caught one against LSU on the first drive, and caught one against uh, Missouri on the opening drive. So there I think about it. All three of them came on the first drive of the game. So uh, maybe that was part of the, the game plan where they got into a certain uh, – uh, well, I think the, you know, the LSU one certainly just no one covered them. That was a good play design. And then same deal with Missouri. Iowa was the one where it was a check down where he caught it and, and – gotten to the end zone um but Jatama Plain is another you know we're talking about the running backs in the passing game I mean I think uh Michael Drennan and Jatama Plain are two guys that if you're looking to throw the ball to a back they're probably your top two options um so yeah I mean I think overall the, the biggest concerns like we mentioned I think it's got to be youth I, I really don't have any doubt I mean Sean I think in some ways like it's kind of odd because Tavion Robinson, and again, I have a lot of respect for the people who do the ratings, but I keep coming back to this from 24-7. I'm not sure I love the logic because Javon Baker, who is not going to be at Kentucky, he ended up signing with UCF. Uh, UK ultimately dropped him from the class. He didn't sign. Um, but he was a All-American out of high school, a four-star recruit who went to Alabama, obviously. And he was still rated as a four-star transfer despite, I think, having like seven career catches in two yeah. years. And then you have Tavion Robinson, who was a number one at Virginia Tech. And I know Virginia Tech didn't have a, a potent passing offense last year. The coach ultimately got fired. It wasn't a great year by any means. But he is a proven number one on an ACC team, and he was just a three-star in the transfer ratings. And this is after he was a four-star coming out of high school. So I wasn't really sure about the whole logic behind that one. And I feel like in a lot of ways he's kind of coming in not necessarily under the radar because I think most people, when they look at this, they're going to realize he's the number one guy, but I think his impact is going to be very good uh, on this team. And, and then, you know, past that it's, it's true. You know, they got to prove it. Chris Lewis, 
uh, a guy that I thought at the time was a huge recruiting one. I, I probably said it on this show. I thought he was the best peer wide receiver prospect they had committed in the Stoops era up to that point. And now did you talk about a total 180 though in that room? I mean, he's probably down the list now, which is a very good sign yeah. because I still like Chris a lot. Well, I, I do too. And and that's where I'm coming from that I like the lack of experience. When you're trying to, to, to build your program and a position overall, like we know in the last few years, they have had some, like especially last year with Wandell, we know that they've had that one guy that they could count on. And it's been the transfer portal a year ago with Wandell. It's the transfer portal now with Tavian Robinson. We, we know that the production has been there throughout a college career. But when you're talking about making bigger steps as a program, I love what the portal has done, especially at quarterback and at wide receiver for this team. I think that the inexperience, it, it kind of, you get to look at it from a different perspective now. Like if, if, if Tavion Robinson, like you said, puts it together, you get him for one year and he's out the door again. With these younger guys, it's not the same. You can build some consistency at this position right now and stockpile some talent and you continue to build that room to a point to where you're not having to dip into the portal and rely on it as heavily for an instant, for an impact guy. You can go maybe if, if you need a third guy or a fourth guy, but I think it's key that you, you get some of these young guys, a lot of experience, you get them there and they make plays as freshmen. And that's what you see these teams like Alabama and Georgia and these other programs do. They'll have these instant impact young guys come in, make plays from day one, and they're still making those same plays, but even better, in year three, I think that's what takes Kentucky football to another level offensively. You got the quarterback now. Now start building your wide receiver room, and I think they're in a position to do that. Well, similar to tight ends, too. I mean, I think this is going to be Bates's last year. Uh, he and Upshaw were in the same class, but but Upshaw's injury, it makes me wonder a little bit. Until we see him play this fall and see what his role is, I don't know. I mean, you're going to get some guys, because I think this is his fifth year, because he got here in 18, so 18, 19, 20. Yeah, this is his fifth year of college. Some guys just don't want to hang around for six years, and I totally get that. Um, but even when you're talking about the tight ends, if, if even in the case that Upshaw and Bates are both gone after this year, you're still going to have Isaiah Cummings there, and you're still going to have Jordan Dingle, who Dingle might end up being the guy we talked about the most out of the tight. I think that's very possible because he, he was the only one out of that group that was a top 500 recruit out of high school who was a true tight end prospect. Um, I don't think Upshaw or – or Bates, either one, or ranked that high. And then Cummings, of course, came in as a wide receiver. Uh, they've, they've committed a few more tight ends in this class. And then, of course, Josh Caddis is on campus now, but I don't see any way that Caddis plays this year, not with not with four guys in front of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could be looking at a time, you know, probably the last point I'll make before we wrap this up. It, it's – you don't want to ever get too far ahead because I think this could potentially be a special season. I think we all need to enjoy what it could be. But when you're looking down the road, that's part of the fun of following college football is how you're stacking for the future. I think it's very important you put yourself in a spot that if you don't believe Bo Allen or anyone else on the roster is is going to be the starting quarterback, and we'll see. I, I feel like the previous offensive coordinator uh, maybe didn't believe that Bo would ever be the starting quarterback. I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if I want to say that. I, I think – it's very likely Kentucky's going to add a transfer portal quarterback who if like, if you're going to have odds on it, I would say the odds are that the next starting quarterback at Kentucky after Will Levis will not be, is not on the current roster. So I think you but, need to build a 
the best possible scenario to sell that to in terms of like recruiting. If you can have Baron Brown show that he has the potential to be an elite playmaker, if Dan Key is a guy that's just solid, like a guy you can get the ball to who's a potential number one down the road, uh, Chris Lewis, same thing. And then some of these depth guys, whether it be Crowdis, Anthony, whoever else, uh, if they can do anything this year to kind of show that, and then you, you already have a few more four stars committed for next year. And I don't know how big of a role Shamar Porter or Anthony Brown or those guys will play when they get here as freshmen. But when you're projecting out the future, there's a lot to sell. Uh, I think a uh, transfer portal quarterback next season. So that's one of the, not the biggest storyline by any means, uh, but once we get to November and December, it's what we'll all be talking about. I think, um, the future at that QB spot because you you look around at the way they've recruited, it feels like everything's in place besides the quarterback for, for them to have a really good run here uh, on offense well, in the future. And, and we'll, we'll wrap up with this. So, you know, a minute ago or a moment ago, I was talking about who I thought the pressure would be on this year. And I, and I think it's on Levis and not the young wide receivers, especially when it comes to all the hop that's surrounding him and, and stuff. Like that's a lot to live up to. And, and we'll see. Like, I think that he has the confidence and the presence and, and things to, to, to live up to that and not let it affect him. But what you were just talking about, if, if Kentucky does indeed go to the portal again next year at quarterback, and I think that that's spot on, I think that that's what's going to happen, then I feel like the pressure shifts because then you got all this experience that will be coming back at wide receiver with these, with these young guys. I think it flips a year from now, but I think overall the program is in a better spot because you can sell it even more because that wide receiver room had been effective in consecutive years, possibly putting guys into the NFL, consistent draft picks. And that that consistency is what continues to take your program to another level, especially when you can do it across your roster. And that seems to be a thing that Kentucky's getting to a point of doing it. If they can do it now at quarterback and get a quarterback drafted, it takes the program to another level and it sets them up to continue climbing. And uh, I think that that's all you can ask for if you're Mark Stoops. Yeah, no doubt about it. Sean, you want to take us home? Yep. And uh, I haven't done this in a while, so I'll probably say something <laughs> wrong, but as always, this show is powered by blue wire pods. It's also powered by the butcher's pub, three locations, Pineville, Kentucky, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit the butcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll be back soon with more Kentucky daily.